everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hashtag SM Life. I'm your host, Morgan Zupanski, and today we're talking with Nikki Hyde. She currently lives in Los Angeles, California, and has been doing a lot of opera recently. This episode is going to focus on her career trajectory, the way she has moved back and forth between theater and opera, and of course, we will discuss the big question that everyone always asks. What does a theater stage manager need to know if they want to switch into opera? I know, it's big. So, let's get started. Hi, Nikki. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me today. Um, First, tell everybody what you're working on right now. I am currently working on La Traviata at LA Opera. I am the calling stage manager of that show. This is my first time being the calling stage manager at LA Opera. I've been an ASM for many years at this point, and that's what I'm currently working on. Congratulations, by the way. That's awesome. Thank you. All right. So I think the best thing to do is let's start at the top, talk about how you started stage managing, and let's just talk through your career trajectory and how you got to where you are today. Great. Uh, It's I think it's a story that a lot of people experience. Uh, I grew up doing theater uh, as a child and into my high school years. I loved performing and being on stage, but there was a point when I got to college where I, you know, joined a, you know, university that has a great theater program and thought I wanted to be an actor. And as soon as I met everyone I was in school with, (laughs) I realized, oh, you all really want to be actors. I just like playing with my friends. So I went on a journey to figure out where I belonged in theater because I really loved being part of the community and the creative process and the collaborative process that we have. So I had a few times in high school been on a crew of a show that I didn't get cast in. Like I ran a spotlight and I ran projections for a show and I ended up going home. Um, I'm from Michigan originally and I was going to school in Los Angeles. I went home for the summer after my first year of college had already planned to change my major because I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And someone I knew in the community theater um, arena in Grand Rapids, Michigan said that he was having trouble finding a stage manager for a show that he was directing. It was a children's theater show, Princess and the Pea. (laughs) And at the time I was working at a breakfast place that closed at two o'clock. So usually I was off work by three o'clock in the afternoon and rehearsals at that time were in the evening. And I said, I don't know exactly what a stage manager does, but if you can guide me, I will be your stage manager. So the first show I ever called was Princess and the Pea uh, at a community theater in Grand Rapids. And when I returned back to college uh, that fall, I mentioned that, you know, all over the summer I stage manage a show. And immediately I started getting asked to stage manage (laughs) uh, student productions, friends of mine who were directing things, who needed stage managers, they started coming to me for that. So in some ways, I kind of fell into stage management. But when I look back, you know, in terms of how I approached schoolwork and how I approached jobs that I had, I really uh, had a lot of uh, characteristics, I think, that 
uh, are good for a stage manager. And I think there was a, you know, that light went on at some point where I was like, I enjoy acting. I'm an okay actor, but I think I could be a really great stage manager. So throughout college, um, I stage managed shows. I produced shows, pretty much figuring it out as I went. Uh, there was a stage management program at my school, but by the time I decided to pursue stage management, it didn't make sense to join that BFA program. So I just did as much as I could in the time that I had. Uh, and when I went out into the world, um, I looked for internships, uh, fellowships, um, all paid because that's all I could do <laughs> and <laughs> afford at the time. So um, I ended up having a, an internship, a summer internship with Cornerstone Theater Company. Uh, I did an internship at Center Theater Group, uh, which was in collaboration with my um, university. And then uh, I did a fellowship at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. And pretty much by the time I finished up in Oregon, which was after I had graduated from college, I knew that that's what I wanted to pursue. I feel like at that time, I, as I was getting out of college in those first few years, I had a choice. Like I knew there were two trajectories I could take as a stage manager. One was to get a full-time job that I had during the day and then do 99 seat or small LA theater at night or put all my eggs in the stage management basket and really try to pursue that as my full-time occupation. I did the first, the former for a decent amount of time, but, um, eventually I, just took a leap and said, I'm going to be a full-time stage manager. I got very lucky that in my internships that I had in college and right after that I'd made connections to the major regional theater that's in Los Angeles center theater group. And so they hired me as a PA, um, pretty soon after I got back from Oregon. Uh, and that started that part of my career as a production assistant. Um, but then at the same time, my relationship with Cornerstone Theater Company allowed me to be an ASM and then eventually a stage manager on their shows, which were smaller. At the time, they were 99 seed, and then they got a little bit bigger, becoming um, kind of a, a they, have a, they have a letter of agreement with Equity that references Lord D. And uh, so I was able to kind of straddle large theater in a smaller role and then smaller theater in a larger role. And as I was doing that, I started meeting other stage managers in the Los Angeles area. And I realized that one uh, skill that I had that not every stage manager has is that I could read music. I come from a family of musicians. I took guitar and was in choir as a kid. I'm, I'm not a musician in really any sense of the word, but I can follow a score. Uh, and so I realized that that could potentially open up more job opportunities, which I feel like one of the things I say to a lot of upcoming stage managers or student stage managers is like, don't limit your opportunities. Try to expand them as much as you can. And so I started pursuing work in opera, didn't know anything about opera, had pretty much seen two or three operas in my whole life. Most of them were overseas when I was studying abroad in Europe, uh, but I uh, applied for a position uh, in San Francisco at uh, the Marilla Opera Program, which is the a young artist program that's um, affiliated with San Francisco Opera. 
I ASM'd a concert. Uh, and through that, I realized how small the opera community was. And so my name started to get passed around pretty quickly after that. So I worked actually my hometown in Grand Rapids has a professional opera company. I called my first grand opera there, which was also La Traviata, which I happen to be doing now. Um, I worked in Houston. I worked in San Antonio. It just, it, that part of my career started to flourish in a way that it just happened really rapidly um, because the uh, the community is so small and the pool of stage managers who do opera is is a bit is quite a bit smaller than the theater stage manager pool. Um, the other thing that I am known for in my career and that comes from my cornerstone experience is that I work in community engaged theater um, with non-professionals. So Cornerstone does community-based work. It can be geographic community or it can be kind of a thematically connected community, but we work with the community to create a play with a professional playwright. And then when we actually produce the play, we cast people from the community in the play alongside professional actors. So I had this opportunity to go to New York uh, to work on another community-based uh, project, which is the public works program at the public theater. They have year-round programming in all five boroughs of New York City. And then every summer, they have a culminating production, which is in a pageant style of theater. It's usually a uh, adaptation of a Shakespeare play that has music and it's 90 minutes long and there are 200 people in it. So I had this opportunity to be an ASM. I got to work on the Odyssey in 2015 and in 2016, I did the first version of 12th night, which has since, uh, actually last summer was remounted, uh, to, fulfill an entire summer in Shakespeare in the Park slot where the public work shows that I worked on were over just the course of a long weekend. But so weirdly, my career, even though the two things I'm known for, which seem to be opera and community engagement, uh, they're so similar in a lot of ways. Stage managing for opera, it's usually a lot of people. They're usually large production values. In a lot of ways, you have very limited time to put up a really large show. And in the same way, doing these large pageant style uh, new works with non-professionals, it takes a lot of the same skills in order to be able to do that. So I think I have a unique career in that way, that those are the two things that seem to be what people know me for. But uh, in my mind, they kind of come from the same place. So while I was in New York, I did two separate six-month stints in New York. I moved to New York in 2015, in June, in order to do the public work show. And I ended up staying in New York through the end of the year. Got to do a show with MCC Theater, which is another off-Broadway theater uh, that's known for doing a lot of world premieres. And uh, But as I was 
working in New York, I was still applying to jobs other places. And I ended up getting a uh, longish contract at San Diego Opera. Uh, they, at the time, were only doing three shows per season. Uh, this was after a period of time, about two years after they almost closed as a company. And actually, they had like voted to close. And there was this they call it the incident <laughs> down there. Um, but, uh, they, so they were in the process of rebuilding and I got to work with that company as an ASM. Um, but in the course of that time that I was there, the PSM, uh, who had been at the company for many, many, many years, um, close to 30 years, um, was unable to stage manage that season. So, uh, I was an ASM on the first show, but then they uh, bumped me up to call the second show. So I had a really, it was a challenging experience, but it was also very unique um, in, in the way that I had to step up at that company uh, and not having, I had, I have some calling experience, but not at a company of that size. So it was a really big learning experience for me and allowed me to take on some leadership. Uh, then I moved back to New York. Uh, well, actually in between there, I did a, an ASM job at Cincinnati opera. And, uh, then I moved back to New York, did the public work show again that summer in 2016 and stayed at the public doing an off-Broadway show at their down downtown location, um, which was a wonderful experience. But, uh, at that point I already knew that I was going to be moving back to Los Angeles because LA opera had, uh, offered me two shows in early 2017. So after I finished my show in New York, uh, in December of 2016, I packed up and moved back to Los Angeles Luckily, I'd kept my apartment, uh, just had subletted it out <laughs> that entire time that I was gone, which almost amounted to two years, and started working for LA Opera as an ASM. Um, I, in the time that I've been back in Southern California, I've done several shows at LA Opera. I worked at Pasadena Playhouse as an ASM. I worked at South Coast Rep as a calling stage manager. I called a Cornerstone show. I've had a relationship with uh, LA Theater Works, which record, um, uh, record plays for radio broadcast. So that's been a really wonderful experience um, working on new plays in kind of a unique circumstance because it's not for performance at all. It's all for what we hear. So I've learned a lot about audio uh, production in that uh, job. Um, and then uh, in summer of 2018, I was contacted by San Diego Opera because the uh, PSM that had been there for many decades uh, was retiring. And they said that they wanted me to come and be their new production stage manager for the upcoming season. So um, the calling the, the production stage manager uh, who was retiring did the fall show and that was her final show. And they had this party and celebration for her and her husband, who was the technical director. They retired at the same time. And then uh, early this year in 2019, I went down to San Diego and called three operas for them 
which was, again, a challenging experience, um, but it was really informative about how to have continuity in a company because so much of my career, I, you know, I'm a freelancer. So I go from show to show and I rarely work at the same company multiple shows in a row. So that was a unique experience to learn about that continuity and really think about the company in a much broader sense. Um, and then, uh, and I also just got to call opera, which I had called a few operas in Grand Rapids. I called an opera in San Antonio. I called really small operas in Houston. I did call, um, in 2018, my first opera at, uh, uh, Walt Disney Concert Hall for the LA Philharmonic. Uh, so I have that experience, but I think all of that experience has led me to where I am today, which is now calling at LA Opera, which is um, definitely the largest house um, I've called at, largest company I've called for. And uh, it, it feels right. It feels like the right time and the right place in my career and um and the right show so I'm very happy to be where I am right now okay so first of all I mean I already knew most of this but I'm just so in awe of your trajectory in the world there's so much to unpack in um where you started versus like how you got to where you are today so I guess like my first question is do you feel like you kind of planned to end up where you are today or do you feel like you kind of just went with the flow and happened to find yourself here? I definitely feel like I went with the flow. <laughs> I didn't, I think when I started this career, it's so funny cause I, I go back to 11 years ago and you know, 2008, when I was a fellow at uh, the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. And at that time, I was so in awe of that company and still am to this day. But at that time, I was so young and like so new to the you know world and the profession that I was like, that's where I want to work. Like I was like really focused on I want to end up at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival as a stage manager, you know, start as a production assistant and then move up and take that trajectory. Cause I was just so enamored with it. And, uh, and I love the work and I loved the community, even though it's, you know, it's a small, small town <laughs> and I don't know, I actually, I was there for three months. I have no idea what it'd be like to live there year round or 10 months out of the year since their season runs 10 months out of the year. So when that didn't happen for, you know, whatever reason I didn't end up working there. I kind of just took every opportunity as I, as it came to me. So when it was PAing at the Amundsen, had no idea what I was doing, but you know, I worked as hard as I possibly could, um, to do the job that I was doing, which in that case was, you know, essentially just being a runner and <laughs> getting food for everyone. Cause that tech process was very intense. And then, Cornerstone comes calling and I'm like, okay, great. I will take on that opportunity. I remember very specifically them reaching out to me to ask if I felt ready to be the stage manager of a show. And I, I think wisely said, no, I don't think I'm ready for that. <laughs> I think, I think I need to be an ASM first. And that's what ended up happening. So I think throughout my career, I've kind of known what my boundaries are and what I was prepared to do, which 
you know, it was not something you can teach or really advise anyone, but you, I think I really did go with my gut. I did know once I had worked with Cornerstone that I loved Cornerstone and wanted to be part of the companies. The Cornerstone Ensemble is this body of artists where we use a consensus process to decide what communities we want to work with and aesthetically what artists we want to bring in. And it, it can be very, it's, it's a big picture, which I don't get to do very much in my you know day-to-day job. So that was a goal that I had. And I joined the ensemble, I believe back in 2010. So I'd been working for the company for about two years um, as a stage manager, not including my time as an intern. So that was kind of a goal. And that was more of a, artistic and, you know, my, my community goal was that I wanted to be part of that circle of people. Um, I think like everyone, because, you know, center theater group is the largest, you know, regional theater in the area. I wanted to work there as a stage manager, but when that didn't seem to be available to me, like as a union ASM, I was only really getting PA jobs. I I had to branch out. I mean, I think I branched out out of necessity. Um, I also was taught, I don't even know from who, probably from my parents who are jazz musicians, (laughs) but I, I was taught to, to not say no, like I, to always say yes, you always say yes until you can say no. And so pretty much every opportunity that I had, I said yes to if I was physically able to do it. Um, and, and that gave me so many just broad opportunities, um, in the LA theater world. And then that turned into the LA opera world, not, not specifically LA opera, Los Angeles opera company, but LA, the larger LA opera community. And, and then that's also gotten bigger in Southern California or the state of California. And then now I've worked, you know, nationally. So where I am today, if you had asked me 10 years ago, is not where I thought it would be at all. Um, but as things have progressed, I can look back and say, oh yes, this makes perfect sense. I feel like a question I get a lot from younger stage managers that are asking for advice about how to get started in the professional industry. There's always a conversation about having to pick a lane and put yourself in a box and work in one genre. You know, you're an opera stage manager or you're a theater stage manager or you're a dance stage manager. And that's, you know, they're very focused and your career is so interesting because you've kind of jumped between genres. So, you know, from you to all of these younger stage managers, what is your take and opinion on picking a lane? I always think picking a lane limits you. Uh, I, I don't know where I learned that. (laughs) I don't know where, I don't know if someone advised me at some point in my young life. Um, but I, I feel like, I feel like the, the, the lane that I chose was whether to work during the day and pursue my career at night versus putting all of my energy into working 
as a stage manager full time. And I chose the latter lane where I said, I'm going to make my living doing this. I'm not going to give myself a buffer, even though I did have like, I won't lie. I did have little jobs that I did. And we all do. We all have like little survival jobs that at least put a little bit of money, extra money in our pocket. But I really wanted the bulk of my income to come from stage management. But in terms of the different lanes within full-time stage management, I think if you pick one lane and you put all your eggs in one basket, like if it's, I'm going to work in regional theater and I'm going to start as a PA and, and then hope I move up. I think that really limits your opportunities, um, because there are so, there so few jobs, you know, at this point in, especially at that level of theater, there just aren't that many stage management positions because a lot of places are doing fewer and fewer shows. And so that means fewer and fewer teams. And, and a lot of times they lock into the people that they have and, and that's great. And that's great for those people. It's great for continuity. Um, and I'm glad those people are working, but if you are hoping that you'll become that person, there's a really good chance that you're not going to be that person. So having other um, genres in your tool belt, it makes you more marketable and more valuable. And it also just opens up more work possibilities. Um, I, I did the opera and theater thing. Um, and, and, and then also again, the weird offshoot of theater, which is like community engaged theater, which is very popular right now, um, all, all over the country. Um, but you know, there are things that I still want to do that I haven't done yet. Like I haven't done a lot of event work. I haven't done dance and those things I would love to be able to do because I would love to be able to confidently apply for jobs that I see that are posted because even though I have a really good career going and I'm in a really, I will say, um, comfortable place, <laughs> a fairly mm-hmm. comfortable place, even though I'm still a freelancer, um, I, there may be a time where what I'm doing is no longer available or for whatever reasons I can't do it anymore. And I'd like to be able to have other opportunities. So I say, say yes to everything (laughs) and shadow as many people in different genres as you can. So you get an understanding of what the differences are. I always say that stage management is pretty much the same in any genre. It's just the vocabulary is different. So it's just about learning that vocabulary. Even in my very, very brief experience as being uh, a PA on television, it's the same job and it's the same set of skills. It's just a different vocabulary. So I say broaden your opportunities as much as you can because it will only benefit you in the long run. Absolutely. And that's actually a really nice tie-in. So as someone who started in theater and moved into the opera world, um, I know obviously we can't like break it down detail by detail because that would be a whole other class. But if you wanted to speak really generally, what would you say, you know, if you're a theater stage manager interested in doing opera, what are the big differences? What are the things you need to know? (laughs) 
funny, since I just taught a class on this, <laughs> I am a little bit more prepared uh, for this question. Um, the main thing, you know, and I think everyone knows this, but maybe they don't. The main thing is that you have to have some understanding of music, whether it's being able to count, you know, the beats in a bar or whether you're able to follow a baseline or, or something on a score, everything we do is based on the score. And that is something that you need to be able to understand, even in the most general sense. You do not have, the thing I always tell people is like, you don't have to play it. <laughs> so you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to look at it and sight read and sing. Cause we have the luxury of rehearsal. And so we get to know the music really well and you can figure out what you need to listen for in order to follow the score. But you do need to have a, a very basic sense of, you know, what a measure is and what a system is and, and how you can, what you see in order to know where you are in the music. And another thing is, uh, which is interesting and something I hadn't thought that much about because it was, uh, for some reason, it wasn't something that seemed foreign to me. But also, uh, oftentimes when you're doing opera, you're working in another language. I mean, the piece is in another language. So you don't need to know the other language, but it's it's just a different uh, process. And again, it comes back to knowing how to read the music and not relying on language, which in theater, everything is about language. Um, and, uh, even so much that like when you go to a Broadway show and you see it's a musical and you see the stage manager's script, I mean, everything is based on the music or beats. They don't have any sheet music in their scripts generally. Um, so that's the main thing. There is definitely vocabulary. I, I always come back to the vocabulary that will be foreign to a theater stage manager, um, but those are things that you learn as you go. Um, even though I have a very good vocabulary list from my class that I taught, so that <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to share with anyone the things I, I kind of crowdsourced it from the unofficial AEA stage managers group. Yes. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what are the, what are the words that, or terms that when you first started doing opera, you were like, I have no idea what this is. <laughs> what is the word that you're saying? And, uh, and, and because I've been in opera and like really deeply in opera in recent months, I, I forgot about what were the things that sounded odd to me when I first started doing opera like seven or eight years ago. So it was nice to hear from other people what, uh, what surprised them. Uh, all right. So this is kind of like a two hand question. Um, I think that we should do this in two parts because what I want to ask you is for stage managers just getting started if they want a career like yours how do they how do they start doing that but I mean I really think like you you have this theater side to your career and then you have this opera side and really like you have to pick something to start with right we're saying you don't have to pick a lane which I totally agree with but you have to pick something to start with so I'm wondering if you could suggest for someone who's trying to get started in theater how do they do that and the same thing for opera for someone who is starting out in this career, I always say to students that I speak to that find, figure out what 
what makes you the most excited? Like what, what is the type of work that you want to do? And I would say, go see that work. And I would also say, seek out the stage managers of that work, whether it's, you know, some small theater, you know, maybe, you know, uh, like even if it's like a reading, like find out who the players are, but specifically the stage managers of that and introduce yourself or reach out to them and ask if you can shadow. I think that shadowing is one of the best things that you can do as a stage manager or an aspiring stage manager. I got my job at LA opera because I shadowed, um, my very first contract. I met someone who worked there. I asked if I could shadow. And then because of that, I met the production stage manager at the time. And there must've been something about me that she was like, she'll be good at that. And I, within a few months, I was hired for a show that they had added to their season. So I, for both theater and opera, shadowing is everything. Because if you make a good impression, people will remember that. Having FaceTime with people is so, so important. And it also gives you an opportunity to learn how different companies work and watch other stage managers. Like every fellowship, every production assistant job that I did, I observed the stage managers so much in their paperwork, how they manage the room. I feel like every stage manager has like the thing they obsess about trying to figure out what is the thing that this person obsesses about? And is that something I'm going to obsess about (laughs) in the rehearsal (laughs) process? I think that's really important. So it's, you know, it's networking, It's putting yourself out there and then, yeah, again, figuring out, figuring out what things make you excited and, and going for that and figure out who's doing that. I also say not even just meeting with other stage managers, but meeting with directors, um, that are doing good work that, or work that you find inspiring and trying to meet them and talk to them. Last big question for you. (laughs) (laughs) if you could give your younger self one piece of advice what would it be (laughs) that's good um I would say don't take things so seriously that honestly that is the biggest advice that I could give my younger self my younger self uh, and actually my current self still um I I get very I get very anxious about doing a bad job. Like I just, I did, or maybe it's, I desperately want to do a good job and I don't want to disappoint anyone. And I think people who have the tendency to be drawn to stage management, we, we like that sense of control and, and we work really hard. And sometimes that means we work too hard. And I, so for my younger self, I would say, what you're doing is good and, and, and great. And what you're doing above and beyond what is necessary is too much because that comes at the sacrifice of your own, you're sacrificing your own time and, you know, well-being. you're causing yourself too much stress. So I, I, it's, it's a, the work-life balance question in this profession is always present. 
I think it's present in a lot of professions, but particularly in this one, because of the type of people that are drawn to it, we tend to, uh, I hate to say work too hard, but I think we do sometimes. And I definitely did earlier on in my career. And now that I'm, you know, 10 years later or however many years later, I feel like I'm able to set some boundaries that, um, are preserving my energy, um, preserving my positive attitude (laughs) and just make me a better and make me better at my job. Actually working, setting those boundaries makes me better at my job. And that's the advice I would give to my younger self is chill out (laughs) a little bit, not too much that you're you know, are too lax about what you're doing, but, um, you know, let, let it go a little bit because even though we control a lot in our job and there's a lot of, um, responsibility given to us, there's still a lot that we can't actually control because we work in a collaborative art form. And so we have to relinquish some of that sometimes. I'm sure that's going to resonate with a lot of people. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for talking with me today. Before we go, I want to make sure we talk about your stage management yoga that you host in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. I, um, last year, last calendar year, I started a yoga class, uh, in Los Angeles called yoga for stage managers. And, uh, I have not, since I've been, since I was out of town in San Diego, kind of put it on pause, but my hope is that this summer I will pick it up again, location, day and time to be determined, but I'm on Facebook at yoga for stage managers. Yes. So if you are in the LA area, please make sure to go check it out. Uh, I have to go. I haven't been yet, which is crazy, but hopefully (laughs) my schedule finally (laughs) works itself out so I can go. Yeah. Now that I'm not um, on a theater schedule, my days off are more variable. Like when I was working in theater, I was like, yeah, Mondays, we're doing this on Mondays. So now I'm just trying to figure out what day of the week works best for the most people and also finding a location that um, is easier for everyone to get to. So again, more to come. It is not active currently, but I hope it will be very soon. And just like that, we have finished another episode of Hashtag SM Life. There has already been such cool conversations and there is so much to look forward to in the weeks ahead. So a few things before you go, make sure that you rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it. It's going to help other stage managers find our show. Also, make sure to click subscribe so you see the new episodes as they show up every week. This podcast is presented by the Stage Managers Association. If you want to keep up with the SMA on social media, they have all the socials. They have Twitter, they have Facebook, they have Instagram. Definitely check them out. Also, if you want to keep up with me on the socials, you can look for me on Instagram at Morgan underscore Zupanski. On this week's episode of Hashtag SMLife, you heard from Nikki Hyde and myself, Morgan Zupanski. Thanks again for listening and stand by for more episodes soon. Music.